Good morning, Springhouse. I can do this. I, I think I can do this. I'm going to get it. <laughs> you know, in keeping with, uh, with James' theme here, I look at Aislinn, and I think, I knew her mom when she was a little girl. And uh, so that's a whole different feeling that, that, uh, that, that I have. She's graduating from high school now. All right, it takes that long for that to happen. Yeah. Um, well, good morning. Let's talk, about, uh, let's talk about prayer some. Would you, uh, would you stand with me? And let's read two passages of Scripture together. Two verses. But why? Why this chronic pain, this ever-worsening wound, and no healing in sight? You're nothing, God, but a mirage, a lovely oasis in the distance, and then nothing. And once more, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the, the, the breadth of your word, Father. That it's not just narrow, but it, it covers everything in our lives. I pray that you'd speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Um, it comes as no great revelation to any of you to say that words matter, but little words matter. Uh, not, not just big words. It's, it's remarkable how much of a, of a difference uh, a, little, a little change a little word can make. Uh, these things that we mumble. And pe- do people mumble more today or am I just getting older? Uh, or maybe it's a little bit of both. I, 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 I think they mumble. Uh, is really what's happening. Um, that we mumble and that we carelessly toss about. They're powerful and they're important and they, they, they have the ability to, to change people's lives. Now, there's an obvious difference uh, when we're talking about introducing a, a negative. Did you say, I love you? Or did you say, I don't love you? Yeah, that's, uh, that, there's, a, there's a pretty big difference. Did you say, I will? Or did you say, I won't? Same number of letters, same number of words, huge difference in, what, uh, in what, they both, what they both mean. Less obvious, though, but no less important, are words that uh, don't negate, but they still completely change the meaning of what is said. Prayer is often referred to as talking to God. Uh, I've probably said that at some point in my life. You've probably said it. You've probably heard that. And, and while it isn't completely wrong, it's a, it's a pathetic, anemic description of prayer, uh, talking to God. Really, the word that should be in, put in there is, is talking with God. Jeremiah talked with God. Uh, where you find him praying and... Uh, you don't know, in, in his book, you find narrative, you find historical narrative, you find uh, background information, you find sermons that he's giving to people, and occasionally you find prayers. And where, where you find him praying, if you read a bit further, you will find God talking back to him. You, you'll find God delivering an answer. Now, uh, it, if he doesn't talk back to you when you pray, there's a a real good possibility that you're just not listening. But I will also say that there are some times that he just, he's silent for whatever reason. Uh, there are times that I, I've talked to God and, and did not get an answer. 
about, about something. And there could be any number of reasons for that. First of all, uh, you may not be ready for the answer yet. You can't handle the truth you know, at, this, at, this, at this stage in your development. So just hold on. The answer will come. Sometimes, though, I think he's waiting for us to go a little bit deeper. I mean, we've got a 10-foot uh, problem, and we've only brought him 18 inches of it. And he's going, mm-mm-mm. Come on. Tell me some more. Let's, let's get it all out, and then we can, we can talk about this thing. We treat prayer, we tend to treat prayer as if it's something that we do, and then we're done. As if, okay, I've, I've said my prayers, now I can go about my life. Now I can, now I can get on with, with my day. But 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says to pray continuously. Um, King James, I believe, says pray without ceasing. How is that even possible? How, how, can, you, how can you even do that? Well, if he's with you all the time, why can't you do that? I mean, if he's there all the time, you, you can have a, an ongoing, a, a continuous conversation. You can have a dialogue, not, not a monologue, because prayer isn't shouldn't be just a monologue, but you can, you can have a, you can have a, a dialogue with him, an ongoing dialogue. Uh, in fact, if he's there all the time, and I think that's one of the things that pretty much all of us believe is that he doesn't abandon us, that he's always with us. If he's there all the time, then why wouldn't we talk to him? I, uh, I was kind of raised with this, uh, with this attitude and, and I've, sort of grown into it as I've gotten a little bit older here. And um, there are times when I'll be going through the day and I'm not praying necessarily. I'm not, I'm not talking to God or anything, but it's just me and I'll do, okay, let's just get real here. I mean, even though I'm a pastor, occasionally I burp, okay? Or, or you know, or just, just something like that. And, 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 I'll, and I'll hear myself saying, excuse me, and who am I talking to? Well, I'm talking to him because he's always there. You know, I was kind of going, I want you, to, <clears throat> want you to know that I'm acknowledging that you're here. Now, some may balk at this because it, it, you, you can't always really be polite, you know, and, and on your best behavior. And if God's there all the time and, if, and you're talking to him all the time, I mean, yeah, you've always got to feel like you've got to be polite about it. Because, I mean, after all, he is God, right? Uh, but you know what? Jeremiah couldn't always be polite either. But that didn't stop him from talking to God, even when he wasn't necessarily polite. I was playing golf a couple of weeks ago with a friend of mine, and he, he made the comment. He said, well, I can't really mess with anybody and kid them about their game today because I'm playing so bad. And I said, that never stopped me. <laughs> you know, I, I could still do that. And, and, and so when Jeremiah would come to God, oftentimes he would come and he would be disappointed. He'd be disillusioned. He'd be hurt. He'd be angry. We have mentioned before that Jeremiah did not have an easy life. Uh, people did not like what he had to say very often. And he, uh, he was not a very popular guy. And, and, and he was punished. 
He was, he was beaten. He was shunned. He was thrown into a pit. And he often found himself disappointed. He often found himself disillusioned and hurt and angry. And it shows in his prayers. In fact, most of his prayers that are recorded are where he's ticked off. Uh, in fact, I'd say all of his prayers contain at least some of these elements plus confusion. Have you, have you ever been confused? How could God let that? How could God possibly be in this situation and yet that happen? This is so confusing. But you see, to Jeremiah, God was not a stranger with whom he needed to be extra polite. He was his confidant. He was his best friend. God was, was who Jeremiah took everything to. You know, when you're around strangers, you tend to be sort of on your, on your best behavior. At least you should. <clears throat> if you... If, if, if you don't, I might have to call you a troll. But, but for the most part, most of us are, are on our best behavior when we're around strangers. But with friends, you see, there are people in my life to whom I can say, I don't agree with you. There are people in my life that I can say, I don't like that. I think you made a mistake there. And I can say these things because we're that close. It, it doesn't damage our relationship. In fact, it deepens our relationship. Because they can say those things to me as well. And they do. <laughs> of course, strangers say those things to me as well also. But that's, 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 that's an occupational hazard. You know, being a pastor and being up in, in front of people. But our, our relationship's not affected. Our love is not Affected. God is God. Yeah, and he's, he's always right, and he is always righteous, and he is certainly worthy of our respect, and he's worthy of our, of our decorum. However, he is not fragile. And his, and his love won't shatter if we say, I don't like that. Hey, hey, I'm hurting here. I, and, and in fact, Jeremiah had a tendency to say, I'm hurting here and it's your fault. That's what we, that's what we, what we read. Yeah. He said, God, you're just a mirage. Yeah, what, what's going on here? I have at times been upset in my life. Uh, even after becoming a pastor. More frequently, maybe, after becoming a pastor. And I've been upset right here in the church house. Now, I've been upset in my own house occasionally, but I've been upset right here in the church house probably more often than, than in my own house. Uh, it's a good thing that the furniture in my office is sturdy. <laughs> you know, just, there's been some days that it's been kind of like, whoa. Uh, I, my friend Randy Ray, who's spoken here a couple of times, and in fact, he's going he's gonna to come and speak in July. Uh, I was talking with him this last week, and he was, he was talking about how, how boring this, this lockdown and staying at home was. I said, well, you know, I, Randy, you just retired too early. He said, no, no. I was on my last nerve. Oh, yeah. No, you didn't. You retired at just the right time. I absolutely get it. 
Very little of my praying happens on my, on my knees. Uh, those of you who've been here very long have heard me say that when I get on my knees and pray, I have a tendency to fall asleep. Uh, I'm usually walking, and, and especially I'm walking when I'm upset. Because you just, you just need, to, you need to move something. And, and I'm not always upset. I, I mean, you know, when I'm walking and praying, and I'm certainly not always upset when God talks to me. In fact, I was walking and praying when God told me to hire Bar- Barbie Laughlin. I, 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 rem- I know exactly where I was on the road in front of my house going, God, what am I supposed to do here? They want me to hire an assistant pastor. And go, bing! You know, oh, that sounds like a good idea. Uh, I was driving when he told me to hire Will and to begin the transition process uh, here at Springhouse. And I don't remember exactly where I was on the road, but I know who I just had lunch with. And I know that I was driving in Brentwood, Tennessee. And that's, you know, when he taught me, I was happily standing in the yard in Zimbabwe, looking up at the beautiful night sky when he told me to come to Smyrna. And I'm going, oh, I should walk. But you know what? It worked out pretty well. In fact, it always works out well when when you listen to him and let him talk to you. When I am upset, I tend to vent to God. Usually, this process takes more than one session. In fact, just scratch that I said usually. This process takes more than one session. It, It... it takes a while. It may take a few days. It may take a few weeks sometimes. And, you know, and then a, a month or two later, you may need to get back into the process again. And during those times, he often just lets me go on and on and on and on and talk and talk and talk. And boy, this sure doesn't sound like a prayer, but this is what's inside right now. And I, and I just need to say, who do you vent to? Who, who do you vent to? See, God can handle stuff that we, that we humans are too frail to carry. Sometimes uh, Margaret or, or one of the daughters, Arwen or Valerie, uh, would not tell me something that had happened because they knew that I might end up in jail. Uh, trying to handle what they had just told me. Because here's the thing, you can say, you can say anything about me. Uh, okay, you know, it's your opinion, that's fine. And, and really, you can, you can go after Isaac, kind of. Uh, you know, our oldest son. Now he, yeah, Isaac can take care of himself. You touch my daughters, my wife, we're, we're, in a different, we're, we're in a different universe now. And, and they knew that. And so there'd be times that they go, don't tell dad about that. Yeah. Uh, and and a, few, a few times they would tell dad about that. And then they would just kind of hold me, <laughs> hold me back. People are not made to carry some of the stuff. God can carry anything. People are not made to carry gossip. Who do you gossip to? Can you, it occurred to me this week, do you, do you realize you can't gossip to God? Hey God, do you know that Jennifer is pregnant 
and I think I know who she And God goes, yeah, well, I, yeah, I kind of already knew that. And I do know who. Do you, do you know that, do you know that Josh smoked a, a marijuana cigarette? God goes, yeah, and I know where the marijuana was grown, and I know every, you can't gossip to God. God's, and I guess that's one of the reasons why we gossip to each other, and we just all stop, because if you can't say it to God, you really shouldn't say it to anybody. That was pretty good. That's off the cuff, and that was, that was really good. 1 Peter 5, 7 says this, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now, I, I'm going to give you a modern translation of that and a, and a Tennessee translation of that. Bring all your junk to God. Bring all of your junk to God. That's what that means. And we think, of, we think of laying our burdens down at the cross. Oh, and it's so, so antiseptic and it's so neat and it's so nice. God, here is my burden. I'm laying it down before you. Oh, that feels so good. God doesn't want to see your knapsack. He said, open that thing. Open that thing. Let's see what's inside of it. That's casting your burdens on him. It's not, you know, giving him a dirty diaper and then, and then, you know, so he can take it and hold his nose and go drop it in the disposal somewhere. I thought about uh, before, as I was thinking about this sermon, I was thinking about Kevin and I was going, well, you know, he always uses a, a, a prop and this would be the perfect time. Uh, I'm going to call Kevin up and ask him to bring me a dirty diaper. And I thought, no, I'm not. <laughs> That's a really bad idea. But we, we tend to, we want, it, we want it to be this little sanitary thing that we bring before God. And God's going, no, open it. Let's see it. Let's see what's in there. He can handle your toxic anger. He absolutely can. Read Psalm 109. Read it five times. I mean, if, you, if, you're, if you're really angry about something, those of you who know Psalm 109, you're probably kind of going, ooh, yeah. Most of you probably have never read it. Read it. Next time you're upset and you really want to just take somebody apart, get Psalm 109 out. You'll, you'll find a soulmate there. Okay. But, but read it. Read it five times and maybe some of that stuff starts dissipating a little bit. He can calm your crippling fear. This, this world is a fearful place. But I know that God is in control. And he has a plan. He isn't just going with his gut. He isn't just flying by the seat of his pants. He knows the, the, the end from the beginning. And he's, and he's there. And he's, he's got it. So maybe it's not as fearful as I thought it was. When I bring it to him, he can, he can fill the void of your loneliness. You know, when uh, two weeks from today will be uh, the anniversary of when Margaret passed. And, uh, and when I knew Margaret was leaving, I knew God wasn't. I knew he was going to be with me for the rest of the journey. And that makes all the difference. He is the only one who can resolve your doubts. 
Uh, you know, this, this uh, verse that we start off reading, Jeremiah is praying. And he says, you're nothing, God. You're, you're just a, a mirage. You're, you're like a, a, an oasis that seems to be out there in the distance. And you get there and there's, there's nothing there. And then the nothing answered him. You ought to read the rest of that passage. It's in chapter 15 of Jeremiah. Eugene Peterson says this. Our anger can be a measure of our faith. Believers argue with God. Skeptics argue with each other. It's okay. It's okay. And then there's the other side of the coin. Jeremiah, who, who said this, his two most famous verses are, are verses of hope. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. A lot of people like to quote this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to, to, to give you hope and a future. And the guy that the Lord gave that word to is the same guy who said, you're just a mirage, God. Well, God answered him. Gave him something. And while people love this verse, they don't particularly care for the situation that the people Jeremiah was writing this verse to were in. You don't want to be there, but want this verse. Well, you know, they kind of go together. They really do. And then over in Lamentation, uh, chapter 3, verse, verse 21 through 24, it's, it's a passage that we're familiar with and it's famous, but it starts out, when my soul is downcast, when, when, I, when I'm upset, when I'm, when I'm discouraged, when I'm disillusioned, when I'm confused, Yet, I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, I say to myself. The Lord is, is my portion, therefore I wait for him. I, I just, and, and by the way, prayer doesn't always have to contain the same pronouns. You kind of look at this thing and go, well, who's he talking to? Well, I call, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Oh, he's talking to me. He's talking to us. Oh, uh, but your mercies are, are new every morning. Wait a minute. He's talking to him. Uh, I say to myself, the Lord is my poor. He's talking. Who's he talking to? It doesn't matter. Just get it out there. Just get it out there. And the psalmist, the psalmist uh, wrote over it in Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from my, from my cries of, of anguish? And yet, this is, this is David writing, and, and it's the psalm that Jesus quoted on the cross. But yet, he also is the one who wrote, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Yeah. There's, there's two. And, and you have to get through one of the sides to get to the other side and truly appreciate it. Truly mean it. Psalm 22, by the way, which is a descriptive of Christ on the cross. After the first 21 verses, that thing turns around and those last 10 verses are just glorious. And that's what happens when you bring your junk to God and open it up and let him see all of it. Things begin to change. In here. Sometimes they'll change out here, but that's not as important as them changing in here. And they will. 
Not all the psalms are prayers. Some, some of the psalms are teaching psalms. Psalm 1 is a teaching psalm. Some of them are exhortations. Uh, clap your hands, all you people shout unto God with a voice of triumph. That's, a, that's, that's an exhortation. But many are prayers, and you should read them because you may go, well, I, I just don't know how to pray. Well, you know how to talk. If you, if you know how to talk, you know how to pray. <clears throat> but if you want to also learn some some good prayers well you know you might try like reading the bible and, and psalm in particular uh, there'll be times when you do need to vent there'll be times when you feel like yeah the worship team can come on up uh, but at all times you just need to be honest just need to be honest Most of you are familiar with Psalm 23. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, you quit. Why, why don't you look at that and paraphrase it? The Lord truly is the one in charge of my life. That'll do. Yeah. Whenever I follow his directions, I, I do have peace. I do have everything that I need. He, you know, he really does take care of me. And fight my battles for me. Just, just go through it. You want to learn how to pray for people? Read Paul's prayers. If you, if you don't want to just say, well, bless them. Well, you know, read some of Paul's prayers. I pray that the, the, the eyes of your spirit will be enlightened so that you can know how great God's love is for you. But what a prayer to pray for somebody. Peterson says this. Let me end with this. It says, prayer is the secret work that develops a life that is thoroughly authentic and deeply human. Thoroughly authentic and deeply human. God is looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth.